0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Experto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S, that is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics. Done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks. well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with me. Today we have an interesting subject to discuss. We're going to be discussing, uh, well, it turns out that I saw, how should I put this? I I, I saw on I think it was Joy Ann Reed today that she had a program where Mr. Who, what's the name of the person? Mr. Reverend Barber was on, but what was interesting was what he had to say about evangelicals. And that is what we're going to discuss. But bear with me one second, my friends here on, uh, on, Facebook Live. Uh, I'm going to be also coming to you shortly on um, Blog Talk Radio. We'll be coming to you shortly, so bear with us a second while we kind of get things straightened out here. We've been a bit slow in getting to start because I wanted to change the program up. I changed the subject that we're going to talk about. Earlier, we are going to talk about some issues with the women, but I wanted to get started with the issues concerning what Reverend Barber calls heresy, the heresy of the white evangelical right movement. And I'm going to have a lot to say about what he told Joyann Reed on a panel earlier today. So stick with me as I continue to share this stuff to get the show going. Anyhow, um, how was your week? First of all, thank you so kindly for being here. Uh, We're going to have a good show. We're going to Hi, doing Mike Jones. Uh, do you think we're headed for a civil war? Uh, that's from Facebook Live. Uh, no, I don't think we're headed for a civil war. Cooler heads will prevail. Donald Trump has to create chaos. He has the only way Donald Trump wins is if he creates chaos, and that is what he's doing now. If you if you notice the attack on the media, the attack on Hillary, the attack on the women who came out, the attack on everything. By creating that, he wants to give us a, a feeling of instability. This isn't something that isn't known across the world, right? I'm from Central America, Panama. That is what I call standard modus operandi. What that means is that that is how they behave. That is how people in leadership who are in the minority behave in order to keep instability. And with instability, what you get is people being so fearful that they either vote against their own interests. They do things that don't support their own interests. So I don't think uh, we are at the stage where anyone needs to be concerned, let's say of some sort of a civil, ro- civil war. Now, I tell you the converse. He wants you to believe that assuming he loses because he's already taken the position, this election is rigged, that in fact, a lot of fearful people would do one of two things, stay home because they fear any potential violence at the polls, Or two, they will vote for him because they believe that if Trump doesn't win, then our stability as a nation, who knows? Those crazies. Look, let me tell you something. I always mention where I'm from for one specific reason, because I understand how these things work. I understand how how the governed by a very small, unwanted minority – Holds on to power, how they get powerful. And that is the only reason Central America, South America and all these countries, Buenos Dias Primo, Ray Holder, my, my, my cousin from Panama just chimed in. Um, anyhow, listen, I'm going to tell you this. The instability that you see in Central America, many times Americans believe that they are immune to that. They've been immune to that because uh, America has been fairly prosperous and there hadn't been a group of folks who felt disenfranchised. The difference here in America is a bit more, uh, it's tougher, right? Because the new disenfranchised people, which is uh, the lower middle-class white Americans who feel an angst right now, a justifiable angst right now, the one thing they are, they are armed. And when you have a leader that some of them believe in who gives mixed messages about violence, then that is a is a possibility. But as far as a civil war, the structures are not here in America any longer for us to have a civil war. Let's see, Colin Kaepernick, starting quarterback of a cent. Do you think that is a distraction? No, it's not a distraction. I mean, um, I, I I don't I don't think so at all. What uh, what, what uh, he is doing, I think is is supposed is important. I mean, police violence against people that look like me is a reality, whether many want to believe it or not. That is just the reality. But uh, let, let, let's get to the program, and then I'll get into the questions and answers and all that kind of thing. Kareem Farman, great. <laughs> yes, he is firing at his party, but he's doing that for a reason. But anyway, folks, the title of the show today is going to be Reverend Barber's Excoriation of the White Evangelical Right. The White Evangelical Right. And then I start, the white evangelical right is a disgrace to Christianity. Reverend Bar. and by the way, I'm a, uh, to, just to be frank with everybody, I am a humanist, but most, as, as you can imagine, most of my friends tend to be Christians or otherwise. Reverend Barber is a scorching, crit- in a scorching critique, calls out the white evangelical right for exactly what it is, a form of heresy and theological malpractice. We will discuss that, as well as the pass that Donald Trump continues to get from many. I want to talk about that pass. I heard Van Jones talk about that a while back, but it's deeper than what Van Jones has been speaking about, but it it is sad. But, you know, um, beforehand, I want to let you guys know that this is a call-in show. If you want to speak on air, you can go to uh, call 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646 Nine two nine two four nine five. Notice it's a different number than we do on Thursday. Thursday we are on air with KPFT ninety point one in FM uh, ninety point one FM in Houston, the Houston metropolitan area, and of course on Facebook Live and online as well. That number is different. Chime into the KPFT shows on Thursdays at three p.m. Central. That would be four Eastern. And chime into this show. This is a call on the Coffee Party Network. This one is at noon every every Saturday at noon. Trump is a racist. He should drop out. Uh, Trump is not dropping out of the race, my friend, but we're stuck with Trump. But anyhow, so that's the reason the number is different. This is a call-in show. You can We can take any number of calls. I'm on a network now that can have an unlimited number of calls as far as how many people can be on at the same time. So you can give me a call at 646-929-2495. Again, that is 646- 929-2495. And as Mike Jones and Kareem Parma and... And my cousin, Ray Holder, and Mike Jones all know, you can also leave me messages here in the, in the scroll here in Facebook, and we'll talk about it. If you want me to tell folks some other stuff or mention it on air, I'll do so as well. But folks, I think by now you know what time it is. It's time for the weekly blog post. Okay, blog post today is titled Reverend Barber Calls Out the White Evangelical Right. It's interesting because for this particular post, most of the words are not mine. Most of the words will be Reverend Barber's words, but I think it is prescient. It it's something that we that we what, that we must understand. We must take, and also we must reflect with the folks that we're engaged with. Here it goes. Reverend Barber on AM oh, before uh, Reverend Barber summarily called out the white evangelical right. For their distortion of Christianity, which he says is a form of heresy, Reverend Barber, on A.M. Joy, blew away the facade of the white evangelical right distortion of Christianity, calling it heresy and theological malpractice. He did not mince mince his words. Here's what he had to say. What we see with so-called evangelical right or white evangelical right is a form of heresy, a form of theological malpractice. Reverend Barber said, I am an evangelical. And evangelicalism in the Bible starts with a critique of the systems of poverty. It is very easy. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news as evangel to the poor. And then it talks about the broken heart of the sick, the blind and all those who have been made to feel unacceptable. It is a strange form of of theology. It traces all the way back to those who were able to support slavery on Monday, but then goes to church on Sunday, where you somehow dismiss all of those issues. You dismiss a candidate that wants to take people's health care. You say that's Christian. When he wants to deny living wages, you don't have any critique. And now even with his violence, and pathology that's been alleged towards women and somehow you suggest that as long as he is right on the Supreme Court, prayer in school, and tax cuts, somehow, somehow that is is a Christian position. That's actually, folks, theological malpractice that borders on a form of heresy in the 21st century. Now, later on, Reverend Barber reiterated that the issues that the white evangelical right are pushing have no, absolutely no theological basis. Here's what he says. The problem is that in the scriptures, justice and health care, living wages, and how you treat the least of these and the poor and those on the margins, there are 2,000 scriptures, 2,000 scriptures, Joy, that speak to those issues. We have allowed many times in the media people to suggest they have a values platform without a critique. Again, we have allowed these people to be the people of value. We have allowed the Republican Party to come out and say, we are the party of moral values. We are the party that cares about people. We are the party that watches, that, that is the constitutional party. We are the part, false. Saying something doesn't mean it is true, but not calling it out makes it true to many people, and that is what we've not done as a liberal base, as a progressive base. Whenever these people make, that, make these false statements, it's incumbent upon us anywhere, no matter where it is, to point these out. Because it becomes a reality when that is not done. It becomes a reality in the minds of many. And remember, many people are not as read as the people who follow shows like Politics Done Right and others. Many people are not as informed as the folks who follow this show. So it is your responsibility, my dear friends, your responsibility to go out there. And when you hear the crap, when you hear that stuff about oh, we are the moral people, we care about you, we care about Jesus, we care about all these things, you must call them out then. You don't have to be wild about it. You don't have to be rude about it. You just have to mention the facts of who are the people that really do care about folks, who really do care about women, who really do care about everybody, not restricted to just a few. Let's remember that. That is not Republican. Republicans have taken that mantra through projection. They projected the Democratic values onto uh, themselves, even as they have a platform that beneath the facade is fairly, and I mean this to my Republican friends as kind as I can, it is fairly evil. Anyone who puts women in the position that they put them without a problem is evil. Any any group or person who considers minorities less than is evil. Anyone who can watch cops kill people, you can watch cops kill people in cold blood and justify that and somehow see the same thing we are seeing. Live through my skin. Live through my eyes. Live through the eyes of many. Live through the eyes of women. I'm not a woman. And I can tell you one thing. Women have it the hardest. Women have it the hardest. I have womanized myself, and not womanized in a bad sense, but made myself attempt to look through the eyes of women based on some of my own prejudices or false beliefs in the past to see exactly those realities. And it is the Democratic Party, though not perfect, though not perfect, that attempts, that attempts to make that change. It is progressive values that stand for those changes. But finishing up the blog before I got on my rant, I'm very sorry about that. But some of these things just tend to hit a nerve. If anyone wonders, if anyone wonders why religion is in a steady decline in the United States, wonder no more. Religion is doing it to itself. Many religious leaders, specifically on the right, have sold out their people. They keep many of them by using their fate as a weapon, as a chain, as a pill for them all. Religion, in many instances, have become an extension of unfettered capitalism. It is now another tool the plutocracy used to maintain its power over otherwise good and decent people who have led Who have been led astray that is what the current state of the white evangelical right have become but I don't want me specifying white evangelical right to be simply taken at face value because I tell you something that I that I want to bring up here in Houston when we had the amendment or when we had the, the, the law, I, I, I don't remember what the law was called, uh, the equal uh, hero, uh, the hero law here, which was intended uh, to protect everyone, gays, lesbians, blacks, whites, everybody. The law protected folks against, uh, and again, I, I can't recall all of what hero stands for. I forgot even what the hero really means, but one of the folks that caused that that law to go down in flames, where where many black pastors misleading their pew right here in Houston, Texas. So just as I excoriate the white evangelical right, the black evangelical nobodies, and the reason I call them nobodies is that because they are not right or left, these particular guys. They are money. That's all they're for. Of course, the right is, is exactly doing the same thing. When I mentioned in the blog earlier that um, that the religion has become a tool of the plutocracy, that is exactly what I mean. They have become a tool of the plutocracy. They are pushing values that are not in concert with their Bible. And Reverend Barber laid that out quite well. Reverend, when Reverend Barber said that the most, there are 2,000 passages that talk about justice, that talk about the poor that talk about all the things that it is expected that religion is supposed to do yet yet what they are pushing is, Oh, we want this guy on the Supreme court. And what is this guy on the Supreme court going to do? Oh, they think that somehow they're going to put down abortion. Well, let me tell you, there are many times, many times when Republicans had total control of our government, that they never did anything about making abortion illegal. They never did anything that, that protected, conserva- that, that rebuilt the conservative base. They never did anything that, to support conservatives. You know all the conservatives wanted prayer in school? They didn't get it. They wanted to be able to have, a, to, to have when, again, this is when Republicans are in total control. They wanted to have unfettered uh, charter schools. They didn't get it. You see, the Republican elite is using the Republican base the Republican elite, and if you if you notice, that is how Trump is working it as well. And he's, in as much as he's not a smart guy, his the people that work with him are pretty smart. The Republicans, there's there are the Republican elite, which are pretty darn similar. And bear with me here, and don't don't throw spears at me yet, are pretty darn close to some in the establishment Democratic Party. They believe the same things, okay? But the, those in the establishment democratic elite, they don't have to lie and say what we want to do is, the, uh, they don't have to lie and cheat on the social issues. But Republican elites have to lie on the social issues because the right, again, the evangelical right, which actually behaves, if you take a look at their policies and what they believe in, they're not much different than the Taliban. Think about it. They are not much different than the Taliban, and I'm not being excessive here. I'm not being overblown here. If you go policy for policy, the way they want to put women in their places, that's not much different than the Taliban. Uh, The way they want to curtail, uh, they, they want to curtail people's lives and what they are able to do, not much different than the Taliban. But anyhow, the reality is that the mainstream Republicans They don't want to do things like get rid of abortions. They don't want necessarily charter schools and all those kinds of things where, you know, that turns us into a theocracy. That is also bad for business. And when I say bad for business, I mean monitor. Financial, it's terrible for business. You know, we need, uh, uh, there's just a certain amount of theocracy that we can tolerate in this country for business to be successful. I mean, come on, what's going to happen to all the strip joints? What's going to happen to all those, those real big money makers, the bars and all of that. I mean, once the if the evangelical right gets power, we're right back into the times of prohibition. We're back into all, all our vices are going to be widowing away if they really get what they want. The total control of all of what we do for all those people that are trying to get marijuana legalized. I forget about it. Estoy muy bien, uh, Dario Kichoí. ¿Cómo estás? Luchando con la vida como siempre. Anyhow, uh, as I was saying before, before I forget to mention again, this is a call-in show. Give me a call at 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495, and we'll 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 talk. I don't know I, I think I may have forgotten to share my the show this morning on uh, on on one of the channels so while I while I'm talking to you if you have any questions also if you don't want to call the six four six nine two nine two four nine five and I think I better put that into the into the um into the uh into the notes. let's see call bear with me folks call six four six nine two nine. 2495 Is that the number? 646-929-2495. Yeah, call, and if you want want folks to hear what you have to say, call and let's see what you think. 646-929-2495. Of course, if you have any questions, you can leave them right here in the the area. Now, I I wanted to talk about what Van Jones had to say about Mr. Trump, but before I kind of segue on to something else, I wanted to know if anybody else wanted to discuss uh, the issues of the white evangelical right and what they're doing to the religion. Buenos dias, Ronda uh, Carrington. How are you doing this morning? Uh, Yes, yes. Some of the, you're you're correct, uh, Ronda. Some of the media, they are finally starting to call out a lot of these people. And not only that, they're calling out these people as as indirectly to call out Donald Trump as well. And one of the reasons they have to do that, I see you, I'm coming to you in in a second, John. Um, one of the reasons they must do this, um, Randa, is because uh, they're they're realizing now that D- Donald Trump is also a clear and present danger for the media. And why is it a clear and present danger for the media? He's the type of person that will curtail the media. And if anybody fears that, don't forget that on the, that um, uh, the next the next terrorist attack that we have, let's say, it occurs into a. A Trump administration what you can be assured of is that will be the template to use to create a new Patriot Act which will get passed because of if he becomes the president you can be assured that a whole lot more Republicans are coming into Congress with him and the Senate will remain uh, Republican And again if he wins it actually means what occurred in 2006 with the Democrats where we got a uh, what kind of Congress do you call it? Actually, I think it was in 2008. A veto-proof Senate, or rather, uh, filibuster-proof Senate. We may actually get that if he were to win. I, right now, things look like it's impossible for him to win. But I tell you what, we all thought it was impossible for him to become the nominee as well. But let me bring a caller in before I go to my Van Jones rant. Uh, John from San Antonio. Come on in, my friend good afternoon egberta how are you doing all right how are you doing sir
1: good good uh what what happened last week did you did you start your show late or i was i was uh
0: yeah i last I, I,
1: week,
0: I did start late last week i had some uh, i had to take uh the wife for a belated birthday brunch so the show instead of being at noon occurred at eight o'clock at night oh, and wow. uh in my i simply forgot to post that on the site but I know somebody would get me, and there it is. You got me. <laughs> but come <laughs> on, it, John. What's up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with I agree you. With I you. mean, the, the the odds of yeah. Trump winning are pretty pretty low. Uh, I mean, right now, uh, Nate Silver has him at eighty six percent, and also, you know, Harry Enton at five thirty eight says that that you know, looking looking back, there's never been. Any kind of comeback from this far of a, far down. I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, it's possible, but the odds are extremely thin that, that Trump is going to be able to come back. I mean, it's it's just. I mean, everything that I've been talking about for for you know since I think when was it June fifteenth, right. 18th, something like that when he when he degraded uh, Mexicans and everybody else knows about the birther comments and so everything has come to, you know, come to pass that this right. guy is just as awful as, as most people, uh, most Democrats, you know, realize because, I mean, that everybody knew that, you know, throughout the, the whole birther movement, you know, which is just, you know, still infuriating to me and the way that he lied about it and said it was Hillary Clinton's fault.
0: Oh my so, I God. mean,
1: it's, <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I guess it's. I just. I do feel that. Uh, you know that the justice is hopefully going to be served. And you know. I. You know. It, I know that. You know. You. You put a clip up last night about Bill Maher right. saying. You know how people are are not not too bright. But I mean, you know, we still live in a majority country, and you know, it looks like that Trump isn't going to win. And so, I mean, again, I encourage everybody to vote. I know there's early voting right now, people listening. And uh, I think here in San Antonio it starts on the 24th. I'm going to vote early. I encourage everybody to vote uh, up and down the ballot uh, for Democrats. Uh, hopefully they will take the Senate. One thing that, that has been going really well is the, the Catherine uh Cortez Masto race in Nevada, that has turned around, uh, you know, within the last week severely. Uh, there have been three three different polls with her leading, and she's been down, you know, the whole time uh, over Joe Heck. Joe Heck actually took, took away, you know, his uh, endorsement of Trump, and there has been a severe backlash with Republicans saying, I'm not going to vote for him. Right. So,
0: so, I but mean, makes, you know, so I think. What about that race in California with uh, the, 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 the multimillionaire that's a congressman in Orange County? I forgot his name. Uh, Daryl Issa? Daryl Issa. How is he doing?
1: uh it, it's going it's close i mean most most uh, people still think he's going to win but i mean yeah the polling i mean i think he, when they actually had the election it was within what 5 points you know because they do that jungle primary so the democrat was within 5 points and i think that surprised everybody uh yeah so i mean i mean yeah hopefully that'll be one of the races uh I haven't checked. I think it was 22% chance that the house would would go back to Democrats. I think it hit uh, 29% uh, on Sunday. You know, but you know, it's it's re- it really is incredibly sad to think about. Uh, you know, and you you've touched on it very well in your opening statements about how people are so you know put into their tribal ideas, and they really right. Do believe in this, you know, trickle-down economics, which which causes all this inequality. That, that uh, you know, they'll even support a guy like Trump just because of their economic beliefs, which actually go against most most of their, uh, you know. their their religion right and also what will help them economically most people you know trickle down economics only helps about 20 the top 20 percent and that's actually gotten even worse within the recession so uh so i mean you make a lot of good points and it, it is incredible hypocrisy but i mean it's just you know it's it's great that did all these things are being exposed. Uh, I think you kind of called it a few months ago when you said, you know, the Clinton campaign is going to bring all this stuff out. And it's kind of funny to me to listen to Trump and saying, you know, why is all this stuff happening now? And I'm thinking, well, because they have a disciplined campaign who knows right. when to to bring all this stuff out, you know. And so that's, I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly if that uh, excess Hollywood thing was was put, you know, uh, leaked through the Clintons, uh, or, but you know, I think there's a pretty good chance that it was. And so, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's just good to see that uh, in presidential years, the American public, you know, despite all the awfulness of Trump. You know, it still seems to be making, you know, a better decision uh, than electing Trump. And hopefully they'll they'll take the Senate back. Right now I'm looking at it, it's a, PredictWise has it at 20%, so a one in five chance of taking the House back. I think that's a little bit conservative, you know, because they do list all 435 races, and I've compared the two uh, with other, you know, sites, and, I you know, that, that could be up to 25%. But, I mean – uh, you know, it's also great that Obama, I noticed you put that on your website, that he's really calling the, the Republican Party out. I mean, not just Trump, you know, because the strategy uh, from uh, the Clinton.
0: Let me interrupt here because I'm glad you brought that up, John, because, and I want folks to hear this. Uh, there, there's a two-pronged approach that's being taken in the, in the uh, campaign right now. One is Hillary Clinton trying to reach uh, the, the both the, the voter, the independent voter, and the Republican voter, and as and in doing so, what she's making sure to do is not what Obama is doing. In other words, she is saying, she's focusing on what she why it is best to elect her, and she's also focusing on why it is best not to elect uh, Donald Trump. She's making it a Hillary versus Donald Trump race. Obama is making it a Democratic Party versus Republican Party race. And what I love that he did yesterday, he did two things yesterday. One, he, said, he, he, he wanted to know why is it this late, that there's nothing new about Trump that, uh, that, that he's speaking about. There's nothing new about Trump's vulgarity and, and, and whatever else about Trump. And what he also pointed out is that if you take a look at it, Trump didn't just come into the party and change the party. The party created Trump. And what he then pointed out is how the intransigence of the Congress was held. How the, a, a Congress cannot remain intransigent if it doesn't have the support of the people, right? Because an intransigent Congress if it didn't have the support of the people it would be voted out and an, another set of people would come in to make changes but what they did is they created an alternate reality and that's what the president is point i mean it's cleveland speech and it's and i posted both of those on my website egberto and by the way folks go to uh, the politics done right.com page and go ahead and like it so that we can actually uh the next time this show is out bam it'll come up in your thing and she give you the opportunity to just click on it and it'll get started so go to Politics and, and uh, politicsunright on Facebook and like the page, please. And you can find all these articles that I'm talking about that I wrote this week on egbertowillies.com. I'm going to put that in the notes. Egbertowillies.com is where I have those, um, all of the stories that I write. But what is important here is how he's approaching it. He's telling everybody, go out there and vote Democratic. But, but Hillary is telling folks, go out and vote for me and not for this guy. And the reason she's doing that is there people who will vote for her if they don't think they're voting for the whole Democratic cabal? Now, if uh, now the president, as the leader of the Democratic Party, I think those people who are open to that message would then look at it and say, oh, wow, yeah, the Democrats haven't been doing, doing this for me or that for me or whatever. His message is strategic, and in the places that he's doing it, it's strategic. Her message has to cover the entire country. And I think it is, I don't know, I imagine they're coordinated in doing this, but, I mean, it is so seamless the way they're doing it. And that is why I still, in, in as much as it's a long shot, John, that is why I still have a little bit of hope that the house is still in place. Thoughts?
1: Well, I hope so. You know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the the difference between, you know, four more years of gridlock or, uh you know actually passing you know great great legislation again what you were talking about earlier i mean i i do feel that the filibuster should be eliminated and if they do take the house and the, and the senate i feel they should do that uh because the republicans have already said they're going to do it i mean uh mcconnell said on you you U- it that they are going to do it and uh paul ryan has paul also ryan been talking, talking about how as the rules as they stand uh you know they they allow reconciliation which is a a, a, a 50 uh, vote uh you know right. uh, premium uh be, if if it actually helps the budget i mean so that that's how some of uh, the aca was passed
2: without, and so
1: essentially uh, what they're going to do you know all they want to do is cut they want to cut the social services they want to cut everything all the people You know, who really need help the most, they want to cut them and give more tax breaks to the rich. And so they'll be able to do that through reconciliation, and yet it won't appear as radical as actually, uh, you know, changing the filibuster rules. So that's what Ryan's been preaching uh, over the past couple of weeks but you know i think his his plan was obviously to have trump sign those bills and you know the chances of that happening are pretty thin i mean you know the nate's uh nate's numbers were at the day of the debate on the 26th of september it was uh 55% chance that clinton would win now it's up to
2: 86%
1: so i mean this change has been you know uh has been tremendous and uh I, I just, I'm just glad that the American people finally realized how awful Trump is because, you know, most of us have known this for, for a long time. and but so, you know, uh, God,
0: Trump is playing a game that, that actually could work for him right now. And uh, he is, I mean, Trump is a, is a high-risk player. And he is coming out and he's simply saying that all these women that are coming out of the woodwork or lying so what he has successfully done is first of all he's successful well the, the Republican party on the right has been successful in this for a while is they have allowed they have removed all the uh, rely not reliability but people no longer have confidence or no longer trust the media uh, the media has lost its way as far as most people are concerned so when when these people appear on TV very few people actually believe them uh, believe what the media is saying anyway so when these women, come on, as an extension of the media themselves. They're not believing Trump is out there pompous and he doesn't show any remorse or anything. And uh, I am feeling that this, I'll be, I'll be frank, I, I, I think the story came out at about the right time. But at the same time, sometimes I wonder, is it too early? Because we still have three weeks to go. In the, well, on Tuesday, we'll still have three weeks to go in the election. Uh, till the election. And our media cycle, and, and Trump knows this, our media cycle and our attention span is so terrible that this story may just get old. Oh yeah. He, he, he does all this stuff to women. Okay. Next subject. And my concern is that WikiLeaks uh, comes across closer to the election time in as much as maybe by then 30% of the people would have voted, but that WikiLeaks come along in uh, near the election time and the media as a as a backstop, or rather, as the balance for the coverage that they are now giving Trump, tries to give this WikiLeaks stuff legs. That's my concern going forward. I am not sure what the results would be because we don't know exactly what's in WikiLeaks. But uh, the the Clinton campaign sure should know what's what's there. Uh, you know, if there if they, if at any time. They had something explosive to talk about. So what's your thought about that? And folks that are listening on, on Facebook Live, what's your thought about WikiLeaks? Uh, did this woman womanizing uh, uh, come out too early for Donald Trump? Did we get this, this story out too early? Will it change? Will, will it wear off on people and people start saying, well, that's what we expect and other presidents have done things as well? I heard that was a message on MSNBC earlier today. We had people who um we had people who are saying that right now. But anyway, what's your thoughts, John?
1: Well, I mean well, I mean, first of all you have to assume that, that uh you know that that Clinton actually did leak it. I mean that the the Clinton campaign leaked it to a David Ferrenhold at the Washington Post. Right. Uh and so uh I mean I think they probably did, but I mean there's no way of knowing for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. if that was the case i think you have a good point i mean maybe a week later would have been would have been better uh, right. also you know the debate the last debate is wednesday night and the debate is uh chris wallace who has already said he's not going to fact check anybody <laughs> and so i expect to, you know uh, i mean i'm not saying you know trump is is always awful but you know a lot of people did think that uh he did or did well in that, that second debate I mean I, I don't because I value The truth and so For a guy who, who doesn't speak The truth you know ex- Extremely rarely and Pence was also very Untruthful I mean he he lied about All this stuff that that Trump said it was so easy to actually make a video after it. I mean the Huffington Post did it first and then the Clinton campaign did it later. All this stuff that he denied, they just say, Yeah, here's a video of saying the same thing and Pence actually put this thing out about Putin and a week before he said, Oh yeah, Putin's a strong leader, you know, stronger well, than, than Obama.
0: What they do understand is that they're the people who follow them or low-information uh, low voters, low-information citizens. You know, these are... And I'm not saying that as a derogatory... Uh, to be derogatory against these guys. But I think, I mean, these are working people that... These are people who have jobs. These are people who... They get home in the afternoons. They're tired. They flip on Fox News. And Fox News lie to them. Fox News misinformed them. Fox News uh, pretty much convinces them to vote against their own interests, that's what they know. One of the reasons that I'm never very – I am never mad at my right-wing friends is I look at them for exactly who they are, folks that are severely misinformed for a very long time, and when your reality is so much different than the real reality, it takes some time to get to you. You know, I mean, um, it's not easy. You know if I tell you that trickle down economics work and the reason that it's never worked is because it was never really implemented as a, as it should because of the Democrats, then at that time you start you can you can rationalize why you have to remain where you are. let's see pantheon says let let us see if it's pantheon, yeah. Uh, October surprise way too early, but Hrc is smart to be nowhere. On the airwaves as trump defends himself yet she has to energize her base because donna bazil and dws uh working with uh hrc won't help right uh and actually uh donna bazil has a few problems herself with what came out in wikileaks it kind of seemed like they try to create some sort of a collusion between the media and uh the trump and and the uh, hillary clinton campaign which wasn't the case but anyway, folks, this is the call-in show. So far, the only person that has called is John from San Antonio. So if you want to call, give us a call. Or if you want to leave some messages like like uh, Pantheon uh, just did, Don just did, go ahead and leave it inside of Facebook. But the telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Um, I want to kind of go off a little bit. And this, this one hits a little bit personally uh, for, for a lot of us, specifically those of us with some more melanin than others. I sit down and watch all that Donald Trump has done. And then I look at the president and all that he has done. The president has lived likely the most moral, based on both based on what most of us call, when I say most of us, so let's say even the evangelicals call the moral style of living, the president of the United States. Barack Obama. That's the kind of life he has lived. And he is torn apart consistently by the right. He's berated by the right. And then comes Donald Trump. Donald Trump makes thugs, makes women abusers look like saints based on the power that he has used and the number of women that he continued to victimize. Yet, when he's described on TV, the only person to date that I know have called him a thug is Van Jones. Because the things that he has done is exactly what thugs do. Donald Trump, thug. The first thing somebody should think of when they think of Donald Trump is a thug. If you had any person, and I hate, I have to racialize here, I have to. And, and for all my listeners, wherever you are, for all my listeners, wherever you are, static. Uh, I, hey, my mother is online, and she said that there's a lot of static on Facebook. I don't know. Um, what kind of static is that? Anybody else hearing static on the on the line as well, or is that just restricted to some? Tell me in the messages down below so I can see if there's something I need to correct because all the lines seem to be up and running and the lights seem to be blinking appropriately. But going back to the subject, here is the deal. If anybody with any amount of of melanin, black person, Latino person or whatever, were to do the things that Donald Trump's been doing, think about the adjectives the news media would be using to describe this man. He would have been called a pedophile by now. This is a man who looked at a 10-year-old girl and said "In in, in, in 10 years, she'd be mine or something to that effect. This is a man who talks about holding women's body parts. This is a man who said that he's done it. This is a man who Grabs on women, kisses on them without them, even when unrequested, and not even unrequested. Think about all the things that this guy has done. How, picture this guy, picture the President Obama doing these things. Picture Denzel Washington doing these things. And I'm calling these guys because these are guys that are well-known. Think about Cosby doing these things. Once it was realized that Cosby, that, these, that Cosby did what they said he did, look at how quickly the establishment ran away from Cosby. Look at how quickly Cosby became persona non grata. Think about that. Two powerful men, Bill Cosby, Donald Trump, and Donald Trump still has the support, still has the support of so many people, and especially the, the white evangelical right. Think about that. You wonder why people no longer care about religion or why most people, or a, a large plurality of the American people have gotten rid or, or extricated? organized religion from their inner being, from their, from their whatever they do, that's a reason. Because it's been proven now that it's a farce. It's been proven that it's a farce. The fact that these guys, and it's not only the leaders now, the fact that these guys can support Donald Trump Says it all. Looks like I have another caller. Six two zero. This looks like Jack. Is this Jack? Oh yeah. Hey Jack, I, how are you? Did you have your surgery, Jack? 40. Jack.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to say this. Yes, sir. Because of uh, I'm gonna make a uh, criticism of the media, mass media. That's, yes, that's sir. That's causing our t- Trump to. Uh, Diatribes. Okay, I have a dim view of Twitter, a very dim view of Twitter, and a uh, uh, dim view of the New York Times, especially. Now, only to comment about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I I have a dim view of all of our media, to put it bluntly. Now, I have a dimmer view than than um, John has. uh, let let me be, let, but let me make John happy because this is what I believe. A lot of the media has some good investigative reporters. And by the way, as John would tell you, a lot of the media, a lot of the information we break, in fact, comes from the New York Times, some of their investigative yeah, reports. New Times. It comes, right. It comes from BuzzFeed. It comes from a lot of these guys go out there and every one or two of them, they'll have a few people within their ranks that go out and do some good investigative reporting and come back. And then bloggers like myself and others will use that information. I mean, I've only broken in, since I've been blocking blogging about six or seven stories that are original to me. Most of the other things have been taken stories from a New York times, mixing it with a wall street journal, story, comparing them, and coming out with some sort of a different analysis than they came out with based on being a regular middle-class guy and not some elite sitting down in an office who has, as we will say, la mente trastornada, a, 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 a way of being in their minds that doesn't work all that well. And that's what bloggers do, right? We reinterpret a lot of what others have written and maybe come out to a conclusion that we don't agree with. I mean, where data is absolute. So I mean, as long as you have good data, people can look at the data, analyze the data, and say something else. You know, I mean, when the women come out, all these women come out and attack uh, Donald Trump. uh, The New York Times may have had a spin earlier in the campaign that these things have been that that these things have been explored before and they've been deemed not 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 to be of interest. Bloggers come into the fold and say otherwise. They come into the fold and say, wait a minute. But we have the New York Times saying this. We have the Washington Post saying this. We have all these other papers that have different people coming across. And we take all that information together and say, now, how can you have, could you have come to that conclusion? Anyway, i got another call. Jack, I'll put you, uh, I'll keep you hot and go to 323. 323, who do I have the honor of speaking with?
2: Hey, hermano, it's Max. How are you doing, bro? Hey, thanks
0: so much, me amigo. Talk to me.
2: Uh, I'm just calling because uh, I wanted to... Um... Find out what you think about uh, – I'm not sure if this is uh, is okay to segue into uh, another subject. I, um, I didn't hear the previous subject. I just called in. Well, um, now,
0: look, but if you're you talking about – um, Go ask it. If it's politics, we do politics done right. So whatever yeah. politics well, you can bring you know.
2: Well, what I've come to realize is that um, we have this corrupt power structure, right? It's trenched seeing with the WikiLeaks how they're actually playing us like fools right? and they're talking about like we're fools and that they're basically talking about, you know, uh, that we're a complacent, uh, you know, citizenry and that you were basically talked about like we're sheep and they're just figuring out how to manip- manipulate us and, and hurt us into doing what they want. Well, what I've come to realize is that this is a, there's no, there's no way to fix this. It's, it's, it's done. The only way to unrig this system is to literally, if everybody decides at once, to say, you know what, we're voting pretty strictly no matter what, and uh, that's it. We take them both down, the Democrats and the Republicans, and society opens up. And if we long all right.
0: Let me stop you there. If if me, we, let me tell you what, Hold on, Max. Let me tell you where I agree with you. You're right. Both establishments. Need to be taken down because there's not two establishments. There's one establishment. The yeah. problem is the two establishments have different uh, appendages. The, the The Republicans have the right. The Democrats have the left. Now it turns out. No, that... We, left, they, let me finish. They let me have finish, both. Let, let me finish the point though. Here, you're actually you're right. Okay. I, I, let me back up. You're right. The, 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 we have the left and right in the Democratic Party. You are so right about that because. Remember that the only monolithic party right now is the de- Republican Party. Except again, the establishment. Remember, I talk about having several things in common. Well, let me let me tell you what man, has to be done.
2: But who's in charge of the Democrats?
0: Let me finish. The left or the right? Okay, go ahead. Uh, the the Democratic Party is in tra- the, the, the the establishment. Democrats are in the same cahoots with the establishment Republicans. Now, I'm not talking to right wing crazies now. Okay they're in the same cahoots. they're run by whom the plutocracy Those no, so are the corporate right wingers what's that I no they're not right wingers yeah, yeah. they're not right wingers they're not they're, 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 yeah, they're corporate they're, exactly. they're corporate right wingers
2: because they're so, voting against the people for profit so it's profit over people
0: that's yes, that's right wing value mean, but my friend max right wing does not mean profit over people right wing is an ideology uh, Devoid of financial reality, okay? And left-wing also, here's the deal. If you take a look at what's really going on here, is that the plutocracy operates within a rail, two rails, right? Uh, the maximum that they will allow to the left and the maximum that they will allow to the right. We are in an imbalance right now. And even the plutocracy thinks that we are at an imbalance right now with too many crazies. The right has tend to be very crazy. We have the fringe left that is just as, that is just as crazy as a, a large portion of the right. Just In the, in, in fact, uh, a friend of mine at KPFT talks about the circle, right? That, if, that, that It's really a circle. And, and, and what you find is that the left fringe and the right fringe, there's, there's a part of intersectionality there. But let me get to the point here. Right. Let me get to the point here. This is what I really wanted to tell you. The right now, my concern, why I am a strict Democrat, is because of the Supreme Court and the types of people that will be on the Supreme Court under Democrats versus the type of folks that will be on the Supreme Court on the right. And here's my concern my concern is that the right would do things uh, that would, would make constitutional. A lot of things with regards to the media and social and and, and social uh, values, and I'm not willing to take that chance. Now, where it comes, but to you're you, basically giving up your power, brother. You're giving no, up. You're saying, you know, you know what? what? I don't
2: have any power. I'm not going to vote for myself. I'm only going to vote as they as they command me.
0: No, let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you what I'm doing, and, and, and listen to me here. You're a left guy, I know, and I and I want a lot of left folk to listen to what I'm saying. You fight a battle to win a war. You give where necessary to allow yourself to rebuild, to do the war. What I'm saying, and I've told this to all my lefties, because I don't think there are many people that are more left than I am. But what I try to tell folks is as follows. You fight to, or you you brace to live another day. What you have to do is you have to keep the system keep the status quo until you have completed your job in educating in convincing other people that they in fact have power but you going out alone on yourself by yourself to do something is nothing better than getting shot and then once you're shot there are no leaders you are a leader if you're a leader you have to act like a leader you have to make the compromises that a leader makes and what are those compromises those compromises, or say, I'll go with the lesser of two evils, so that I can continue to build my base. The left base is far from being built. It is not built. the The middle class centric, poor centric base that depends on that depends on a, system, a collective system, where everyone has the support that they need, has not been framed in people's minds yet. People still believe, saying, telling Americans but, that. You can afford free education, that the country can afford free education. A lot of people on the, on the right and even on the left don't believe that. Listen to, if you listen to Bill Maher yesterday, you hear a, a Democratic Senate, ex-Democratic Senator come and starts to speak about what are you going to tell the people in red states. They don't believe that you can do that. They don't believe in more regulation. They don't believe in more government when the fact is we do need more government. We do need more regulation. You know why we need more government? We need more government because the corporations have become so strong that they are in fact the government today. Okay. So, but
2: but what you're telling me is, is what you're saying is basically, and I think we have a little bit of a difference in understanding of right and left wing. To me, the right wing represents a hundred Hundreds-of-year-old, old-money, you know, exclusive uh, club that has control of Can I speak, Egberto? Yeah, I I
0: only have 90 seconds, Max, and so I I want to give Jeff – I mean, John, a a quick time to come in. Come on in real quickly, John, because I only have I mean, if
1: if these two parties are all the same, how come we're – how come nothing gets passed in Congress? Nothing at all besides appropriations bills get passed. I mean nothing gets passed there's we are more divided right now than ever in in besides the civil war in our country right. so how, when you say that like they're both the same and you know that that is the most historically ridiculous no, argument I've ever heard in my
2: life I mean a lot of things that
0: that's not what's being well, said. Well, but it's having the
2: same effect. We're getting austerity. They're making more profits. So all the stuff that you're talking about actually confirms what's actually. What no, it's not. It, it so confirms that Democrats aren't are in, power. in power. Okay, we got to well, stop. No, but are we so getting so austerity? Are we, get- are we getting screwed? Nice. Are the people getting screwed over and because over? Because
1: Democrats aren't in
2: power. Because okay, Democrats well, aren't in power. in power of both parties.
0: I start. I mean. That's mean that's in 15 it's seconds, casino. we got I'm, I'm gonna continue this. C- can you guys get on to Facebook Live so we can continue this? We can. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, you can stay on the line. The, the the official. Hold one second, folks. This has been Politics Done Right. I'm Alberto Willis. Thank you for listening to the show. You have a wonderful day. Facebook Live will stay alive, and I'll keep this alive. I think I can keep the lines, the phone lines alive a bit longer, but the official on air has just ended. So let's go ahead.
2: Are you still there, John? Okay. Yeah, I'm still here. Are you
0: still there, Max?
2: Yeah, I'm still here. Well, just okay, so that my point was my point He's was is that, that we're we're basically what we're doing is reinforcing the the uh, fact that we are basically voting against ourselves and that there's nothing that we're going to be able to do. We're going to come up with every excuse that they can until we decide. Hey, you know what? We're done. We're not going to play your game. We're all not right. going to reinforce okay. anything. We're that. Gonna keep, We're Max, we're we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna go our own. And we're gonna take both of you down because we are not yours. Right. You are ours.
0: Max, and until we that.
2: do that, until we take our power, the only thing we're gonna do is keep getting nonsense about oh bickering this or bickering that. Let's just nice. let's just end them both. Let's all just decide nice. it's over. Both of these Max, parties are done.
0: Max, when you're, when, when, you're talking, when, when you're talking, can you hear me talk, or are you on a single line? Oh, no, I can hear you talk. So let me ask Go you, let me ask you as, a, as a matter of courtesy, when I ask any of my callers to stop, I beg that you please stop so that we can get the conversation going at it. Because you made your point, and I think what, oh. what happened started some repetition. So let's, let's do it this way. I'm what, I want to ask you a few questions. I'm extending the show on Facebook Live. And on this portion of uh, of a uh, blog talk radio, but as far as being on air, we're no longer on air. So here we go. Here he goes. You, who are you voting for? And I, I'll tell you why I'm asking there later. Okay, I'm voting for Jill Stein. Great. Now, what do you expect to accomplish by voting for Jill Stein?
2: Uh, my effort is to try to take down the corrupt system of power that has locked us out, the people and the voice, and is marginalizing us and is Thank you. Uh, abusing
0: us. I appreciate that. Now, the next question to you is that uh, do you believe within your heart that enough people will be there to vote for, uh, for Jill Stein? Yes or no?
2: Absolutely, yes, because I don't okay, believe talk- anything mainstream makes get this out.
0: Max? Let me ask you this again. Yeah. Forget about the polls. Forget about the media. We're, we are on the left, consider ourselves reality-based people. In other words, yep. we, don't, we, don't, uh, we are not the folks that are going to come out here and start talking about skewed polls and all of that. My question again is, do you honestly believe enough of the people that you talk to? Forget about the people that are immediately around you. Because I'll tell you something, I would love to be able to support a very left-wing candidate right now. The problem is as follows, and and this is what I tried to mention before, and, and this is where I need some understanding from folks like you, Max. You guys are leaders in these movements. You are. But to be leaders in the movements, you also have to be responsible. And this is what I mean. I have not completed my job. What was my job? And, and it's John's job, and it is your job. We have not sufficiently made the case to enough Americans, to a majority uh, in, in a four-way race, in a, to a plurality of Americans, to go in there and say we need to get rid of those who currently represent the Democratic or Republican Party. Can't you agree with that statement that we have not yet reached that point?
2: No, I can agree that you do not make the case for that. But I don't agree that as a whole we have not made the case. I believe that a lot of people are not making the case. And you are doing it now. You're saying We're, we, we can't do it. So you're making the case against it. You're basically fighting no, 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 against no, no, no. the
0: left. You're missing my point. I don't think – let me tell you again. It's not What I'm saying is this. I, when I supported Bernie Sanders wholeheartedly, I went out and I did everything I could, including having house parties, including bringing people to the fold for Bernie Sanders. We did that. It wasn't Bernie. We had a lot of people, but here's the problem. We ha- there were more Hillary Clinton people. There were more Hillary Clinton people. And no, it was the power it, structure. They kept us out. They kept independence not, you know, out. They locked us out. It's
2: not that we're, the not, war.
0: we're we, the are not, we are not. Listen, we're not talking about how things should be. We're talking about how things are. And that is what I try to tell my lefties. I am like, brothers and sisters, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. It's not something that we can throw our hands up in the air or we can just go among people who look and feel like us, who think like us. That's the reason I do this show. And that is the reason I engage conservatives. That's the reason while people look at me and say, well, you're crazy to let those folks come on your show and talk like that on KPFT or just spew that stuff out. I want those guys to have some sort of a relation with me so that I can make the case to them. And you have to do the same thing, and John has to do the same thing. Because we have a lot of work to do. Movements take time and effort. Movements don't occur because you know you're right. It's not enough to be right. That's, that's my thing that I'm trying to take to you, my brother. It's not enough to be right. And when, what John is saying about the differences in the parties, remember how I started the discussion. I said, the establishment Democratic Party and the establishment Republican Party owes their owe to the, to the, to the plutocracy. But... The bases are different, meaning they have different things that they must do to keep their base. The right-hand side hurts people to keep their base. The left-hand side helps people to keep their base, not as much as we want them to do or they don't have the policies we want. Free education, make sure that, that corporations don't go unbounded. All those things that we believe in are still not the core of the, of the Democratic Party, but we could make it the core of the Democratic Party if we first work with the current Democratic base the way the Democratic base is, not the way we hope that it is or hope that it would be, but the way that we intend to make it. you Go ahead, Max. Okay, can I, can, I, can I ask you something now?
2: Yes, sir. Can I ask you something? Is that okay? All right. Yes, of course. A couple of questions. Do you honestly believe, as you've seen, all these uh, CIA intelligence types Uh, right-wingers that are now backing Hillary so you're Mm -hmm. basically standing next to these people and you're voting with them these Mm -hmm. uh you know do you actually believe that the Democrats are (laughs) that are are somehow not run or or not taken over completely now by the by the right wing do you honestly believe that
0: let me. Uh, you know. I, I uh, first of all, um, we. The reason I don't want to answer just a yes or no is because we have to get. Can I commission. make a
1: comment, Egberto? Yes, go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to say absolutely. The Democratic Party is absolutely moving to the left. There is There is no no uh, chance that it's not. I mean, you look at Bernie Sanders' support. Bernie Sanders would think was thinking about running in 2012. He didn't run because he didn't think he would have any support. He ran this year and he got, you know, you know whether forty, forty three, forty four, forty five percent, whatever you're going to say. And you look at the people under forty five; they support Bernie Sanders. You look at Elizabeth Warren. You look at Jeff Merkley. You look at all of these people. If you compare. Uh, the Democratic uh, Party to the way it was 10 years ago, to the way it was 20 years ago, to the way it was 30 years ago. It is undoubtedly moving to the left. There's no historian that will question this. I mean, what you're saying, I mean, it sounds very good as far as rhetoric, it, but, you know, it, what you're not thinking about, can I finish my thought? It, what you're not okay. thinking about is things that Igberto brings up. You know, Roe versus Wade will be overturned if Trump is elected. 30 million, uh, 20 million people will lose their insurance if if Trump is elected. Uh, the social safety net will be cut if people uh, if Trump is elected. All of those are undoubtedly factual things. Global warming will not be addressed if Trump is elected. I'm not saying that Hillary is going to do a great job on that. She's not. I mean I was very concerned about her, uh, about her thoughts on uh, the, uh, the, the no-flow zone and uh, Syria, mm-hmm. and I, I brought that up, and I was telling Bernie you know, on various podcasts uh, that he should bring that up more often than in the debates. So you know, I'm not a huge Hillary Clinton supporter. I mean, I do agree with Igberto. Is that you know, you just can't say that you know if you if you vote for if you tear both parties down, which you know even if even if you're like thinking that that let's set out a plan. Most people would say that that's going to take at least 30 years. That's never happened in the history of our country. We've always had two strong parties at least. And so, I mean, I just think that you know, instead of voting for Jill Stein, you might as well write your own name in because you know, you have as much of a chance as winning as Jill Stein. Now, Jill Stein has some good ideas, but she's dishonest about her assessment of the two parties, completely dishonest to say they have the same thing is just not looking at the historical data. And uh, you know, and it, when you talk about austerity, there is no doubt that if the Democrats had the House, had the Senate, and had the presidency, that austerity uh, will, would not be implied. And if you look at the European countries, which are actually much more uh, liberal in general than America, yet they have they have embraced austerity. The reason uh, America hasn't embraced austerity as much as the European countries is because Obama and the Democratic Sorry. Congress didn't want to embrace it.
0: Now, let me come
2: uh, in now. I'm, I'm, I want
0: to tell like something. And, and this, this is where, this is where I, I try to use humility on, on myself, right? Or... It is hard. it is very hard to take the position that let's say John and myself were taking because we know uh, there are many on the left who just wants to want to burn the house down, who just want to throw things out the door, and what I tell them is as follows: I care about people too much, I care about you, Max, I care about everybody too much, and I know that doing. That a, a Trump that doing assuming that you've got a whole lot of people to follow you in such a manner that it hurts, it'll mostly hurt Hillary Clinton, of course. I know that most of the people you care about, too, as well, Max, will actually be doing a whole lot worse than if uh, Hillary were there. So, what I ask folks like you is just like I have eaten my humble pie, if that's what it's still called before. I ask all my lefties, eat the humble pie and let's go ahead and work, and work, and work to do exactly what needs to be done. There, uh, you know, some people say, let's create a third party. I have a friend, um, my, my buddy uh, that I work with and M- M- a man David Cobb, he talks about making the Green Party that other party. And I looked at him and I said, well, if the Green Party would really organize itself in a fashion that is that is taken seriously, maybe that could be considered, but right now it simply has not. And that's the reality. If you take a look at the convention that we had there in, in, in Houston or, or other things that's not the case it doesn't have the professional veneer that a, a, that a party needs now my thing that I've always told Cobb is I believe in working within the Democratic Party as a virus would and that is make the Democratic Party what its values really should be it's a structure that's already there there are enough to, Bernie proved that there are enough people like you Max as well that can make a difference that is that are willing to make that difference let's do that. And you as a leader, Max, John, has to be the one who convince those that are harder to, to reason with. Because you know that we, we all have that on the right, on the left. Folks that are just tunnel vision in one way of thinking. It is our responsibility then to, to sort of objectivize or not object, but delineate these things that we need to talk to our people about and say we're not, we're not leaving anybody behind. We are not stopping. What we are doing is we're making sure that there's another day to survive. Yeah, Max. Come on, in, brother. Our our parties our, our parties
2: have left us behind.
0: Our yeah, our right.
2: system has left, uh, has left yeah. us behind. Our system, our powers, our, 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 those in power in these parties have basically they treat You're us right. with contempt. They treat us with antagonism. You know and and not You're just right. that. They lo- they have locked us out. So the whole thing that you guys are talking about like, oh, there's a difference it's over, man. That whole thing oh, is done. Max, we are yeah, screwed. Max, and and, and World War III is right around the corner.
0: Max, no, no, that no, like Trump.
2: are he's, he's talking Max. about Hillary like she's the better
0: option. Max, let me tell you something. Yes. Uh, they have not left us out. You know what has happened? Feared us out us out is different than left us out. Let me give an example. To I oh, hear right.
2: from you guys. Fear. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. You know, no, I am up not, I am not scared.
0: I am not scared. Yeah, you say, just...
2: I'm scared for my people that this might happen to them. My. If we don't do this, you know, if we don't stand up for the greater good, we're never going to get it.
0: Max, what you're standing up for is not the greater good. You're standing up for the greater good. Isolated. There's a difference to make a difference. You have to, you have to, it's something very, my mother just said something that, that makes a lot of sense that, that I want to read here. Do what you have for to, what have to do until you can do what you want to do. And, and that is a very prescient statement. And let me tell you why I understand where you're coming from. And here's the problem with having a discussion with you, Max, all of the things yes, that sir. you're articulated are correct, right? What you're saying are correct. Where you're failing, in my opinion, to see what we're trying to say is as follows: Let's let's use Harris County as an example, because you win you win the big battles by winning individually. The way the right wing took over this country is by winning in the local elections. They won won on their school boards. They won in their local state houses. They won in all in, in their in all these other issues. We could but they want liberalism? The say that again. They.
2: They went through neoliberalism. They went through being right-wingy and then talking the neoliberal
0: talk, but always hedging them. But what I'm saying saying is they won, okay? They won. People believed them, voted for them, and they won. I mean, I think what what you're saying, uh, here's the deal. Unless you bring people with you to vote for you and believe what you're saying to vote for you, in a democracy, you're not going to get what you want. What I'm telling you is, uh, is as follows. Locally, Locally, we are encouraging people to go, to, to, to run. I have been encouraging yes. people over and over to run. Brand new Congress, our revolution. We have to, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to change. Let's say, let's say out of magic, Jill Stein became, uh, got elected. Let's say out of magic, she got elected. What could she possibly accomplish? Virtually nothing. Okay? Oh, the most
2: important thing, which will she will stop us from going to war.
0: Which oh, no. is the most, That's the fundamental misunderstanding of, of of American policy. And let me explain. You, uh, if you if you heard my previous shows, my friend, I speak about the president versus the presidency. There, there two. The president can want every Obama wanted to do a whole bunch of stuff, till he encountered the presidency. And I I, I got to leave now. I got to close the show okay. down. But I want to leave you with this, uh, Max. There's a difference between the president and the presidency. Secondly, we need folks like you to think deep. And And because you have a following, you have folks that listen to what you're saying and to make that transition to understand what – folks like John and I are speaking about. It is an, if our movement is to really move forward, we need guys like you to actually be able to uh what do I, I want to say play ball, but that sorta of sound wrong. But you understand what I'm saying, Max. We need we need guys like you to to, to understand that it's not only one way to get it's okay.
2: It's okay. Say it. Say it we need you to play ball. That's basically what it is.
0: Exactly. And well, let, let, let's accept that. Let's, let's say that it's a play ball. And because you know that the Johns and myself and others, that what we're doing is not just uh, not just playing ball. What we're doing is we have a cause that we're working towards. And we need folks to jump on ship. But you know what? There are some people I can't talk to that you can. You get my point? There are some people that I can't <laughs> talk to that you can. So we need you on board. But I got to close this show down, guys. Um, it's been great having you, John. It's been great having you Max keep on listening keep on calling it's been great having you Jack all my listeners on Facebook man we had a whole bunch today man that came in and out uh we're going to continue this next Saturday we're going to continue doing these calls and Max we need to keep you on board all right brother
2: Uh, yeah I'm always on board I'm on board for the for the left wing to the day I
0: die good well good you keep on and I'll talk to you on Wednesday on the the on Thursday on the KTFT show all right take care you take care now. John, thank you, guys. Folks, this has been an extended version of Politics Done Right only on Facebook Live and Blog Talk Radio. We, we lost the, the, the signal otherwise. But anyway, you guys have a wonderful day. It was a pleasure being with you. I got to go. Got some blogging to do. Have a wonderful day. Arrivederci. This is Politics Done Right. I'm McBertha Willis. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.